0: Time, time for the Tune shed workshop for everything music from history, theory, creative process, production, you name it. We're here to become better music listeners, better creators, and better music lovers. I'm your host, Make Blurry, and I'm here with my dear childhood friend and professional musician, Marty Gray. What's good, Marty? I'm Gardy Mray. <laughs> Make Blurry. Gardy Mray.
1: Gardy Mray. Wow, it works really well with your name. And I know, really, it's
0: like too good.
1: Really not so good with mine. <laughs>
0: Yeah, there's probably something else out there like um gardy may that's not r- like really the the right rules for flipping things around but it, it, it's even cool. if you
1: bend the rules it's even it's bad gardy
0: <laughs> gardy <laughs> how about how about greg no gardy gra no <laughs> <How> <laughs> My about name Marty Grah? There's too
1: many r's in it i feel like <laughs>
0: Yeah, you're right. Ours ours cause difficulty. Yeah, ours are bad. (laughs) What's up with you, man? What are you doing? Not much. Feeling stoked today. I got my butter shirt on. It's like my softest yellow t-shirt that just has a stick of butter, like the tablespoon measurements and like this unit not labeled for resale on it. And it's kind of goofy, but it's fun.
1: Wait, and it's soft?
0: Yeah, you know, when I bought it, I actually bought it for halloween because i was being a butterfly with my partner she was a fly and i was butter oh but then it didn't it came the day after halloween so i just like drew it on a brown t-shirt <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: and then the shirt came and it wasn't soft at all and so i thought everything was a failure but i finally wore it and washed it and now it's like so soft and wait I'm that's great happy. that
1: your butter shirt is soft that I, that makes I sense to me i like that That makes me
0: happy it's really good it's like you know, good things really do happen. Dreams really come true.
1: <laughs> my dream is good to stuff. have a soft shirt. <laughs> you don't have
0: any soft shirts. No. Oh my God.
1: No, I have. I, I have one on pair of really soft
0: uh, boxers. Ooh, that's pretty nice. It's good.
1: So I'm Damn. I'm doing all right. You ever
0: wear silk boxers? That's
1: that. Those are the ones. <laughs> those are the ones. I have silk boxers. Incredible. They're so- oh. They.
0: That's awesome. You
1: almost feel like too spoiled. Like I don't wear them enough because I don't want to become complacent.
0: Yeah. You know, I used to have a pair and I don't know what happened to them, but I'd like put them on. Okay. This is kind of personal, but like I'd put them on before bed, you know? Yeah. And then I would just say to myself, nothing but silk touches his body. But just because I was only wearing the boxers and... I don't know. It was just like a little moment of happiness. Yeah, um,
1: <laughs> you could really have like a little slice of the CEO life for a second.
0: Yeah. I get yeah. it. And I think, um oh, what's his name? Donald Glover. Oh, He has this one piece. I'm not sure if it's silk. It looks silk. But it looks like almost like one piece pajamas, but it has a silk shine to it. And he wears it like a suit. He wore it to something, some oh. you know, famous people event. Yeah. And I saw it and I was like, why can't I wear that instead of a suit for the rest of my life? <laughs> like for the 15 times I need to wear a suit in the rest of my life. Yeah, jeez. Yeah, I want to wear a silk suit. I know, right? Jeez. Oh, so cool.
1: Well, Donald Glover, one of my favorite actors. Best of luck in his uh, hip-hop career. I hope it's going... I, I hear it's going pretty good. So best of luck to mr glover (laughs)
0: i'm such a fan yeah
1: same with me well should we talk about something yeah let's let's learn something new okay well today we're learning about gain gain just gain that's it
0: so so this came up before this came up in some other episode oh did it i think i was saying like gain versus volume and you're like oh god can of worms (laughs) as we say oh god can of worms
1: oh my god are we opening the gain versus volume can of worms let's do it i think yeah that's what i was hoping let's go oh i love that okay so i have a lot of people who come into the studio uh that -hmm. being the studio i work at and they Mm. say well it's too quiet can you just turn up the gain and i say well it's not really We'd have to re-record it. Basically, the gain is not the same as volume, um, okay. not even close. And we're gonna prove that later in the episode. Where we we were, we are actually going to record stuff at different gain levels and turn them up to the same volume to see how they change, um, and and sort of explain why gain is different. So, before we get there, we need a little bit of like intellectual background, I think.
0: And hold up, one second. Why so so gain is like your your little faders, like you know, if you imagine the studio, it's all the little knobs you turn up and down. Um, but why does it matter?
1: Yeah, that's a good point. So it matters because <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: good that's fair that. enough, Blake. that's a really good point. So Thank intellectual
1: you, of you, Blake. Thank you, Blake. That is <laughs> very very intellectual. Mm. my God, why does it matter? That's such a good question. It matters. <laughs> Because if you are recording music into your computer and mm-hmm. you don't know what gain is or you don't have mm-hmm. a good grasp on what gain can do, mm. you might be confused about why your recording isn't sounding good. Or Ooh. why why do I have to turn this signal up by 20 decibels to get it to sound like it's on top of the mix? Or why why is my uh i want my recording to be like thin and quiet so why is it so big no matter how much i turn it down Ooh. both of those questions
0: can be answered plus so you're making sorry you're making stylistic changes with gain from the get-go when you're recording like absolutely. If I absolutely
1: recorded... oh yeah
0: oh shoot yes I made many mistakes
1: <laughs> yes that's the thing gain is not some douchey audio engineering thing it's not numbers it can and should be artistic and you should at least have a working understanding of how to gain stage effectively in your little studio
0: right gain stage gain
1: stage gain stage 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 it's so important
0: gain stage left gain stage right center gain stage baby (laughs) (laughs) i love it okay this i didn't know any of that i literally just thought gain was like how big or small a signal was. And I didn't understand that it had to do with, like, I just tried to make everything right. I thought it was like, it's either a good setting or a bad setting. I didn't understand there was a stylistic part, which is like a huge breakthrough.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The, and there you're sort of right and wrong, right? Like there is a right and wrong answer and there is a right way of gain staging, but there uh, are ways okay. that we can play with those rules. Obviously there's always ways we can play with those rules, but mm. I feel like a lot of people who have a Focusrite 2i2, like I have, um, and I was using that primarily for so many years, a lot of people don't really understand what the gain knob does. And by the way, the gain knob is right next to where you plug your mic in. That little knob that makes your voice louder and quieter as you turn it up and down, that's a gain knob. That's a gain uh, switch. And every preamp has a gain knob. A preamp is something you plug a mic into to make the signal louder. Um, So a lot of people think of it as input volume. And that's sort of the nomenclature surrounding a gain knob, right? I like thinking of a gain knob as input volume because it differentiates itself from output volume, you know. It, um, output volume is the volume controlled by your fader if you have a board or that little volume box in your DAW right every DAW you at the end of the uh, at the end of the track you have panning you have your volume switch that you can pull up and down um, you have your sends you have your input stuff it's all controlled in the quote-unquote the the mixing
0: area mm. and
1: you know that's the little volume box that everyone has in Ableton, it's a little blue box. Um, in Logic, I think you can make it so that it's a, it's an actual fader. But that's yeah. what the, that's what the output volume is. It's the volume so, after everything.
0: Okay, so let me let me see if I can let me see if I'm understanding this correctly. So just to maybe, so if you Okay, you have a you have a voice. You have my voice in your ear, and it's going into a microphone, and in the microphone. Um, something is rattling around and sort of measuring my voice in some way. Mm-hmm. And then that gets transferred into digital, goes into the computer. Um, but it needs to be amplified. Like you said, preamp. So, cause it, it takes that signal and, and gain or input volume. Is that right? Is what is saying how big that signal is amplified. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And then and, in the computer, a million things can happen to it. The DAW processes it, whatever, and then output volume or like a regular volume slider is like how loud it might be when you, you know, play it and turn up the volume on your computer or something. Of a course, one is that right?
1: Yeah, yeah, and okay. So you can imagine a test where we try and differentiate between input volume or gain and output volume or the fader, and we make a really low input volume really loud and a really quiet input volume or a really a really high input volume really quiet. So I we can see, okay. test those two things and we can make them read at the same decibel level and see what the difference is. Because if Whoa. input volume and output volume were the same thing and, and if there was no difference, then those two signals would sound the same, right? But they're yeah. not but okay. they're not. And, and that's why gain is important. Input volume, There, there's a little bit of a nuance to it, right? Mm. And that's what I sort of don't like about calling gain input volume because it misses it misses all the artsy stuff you can do. And it really kind of misses the way gain works in all of its nuance, right? So- I love it. Gain controls the it. volume coming into your box sure Mm -hmm. it changes the levels of mics and line inputs right if you plug a guitar into your focus right gain will also change the level of your guitar um but for the sake of today let's just talk mics um because there's a way that i like to think of mic gain specifically and it goes like this and and this is my prepared statement my prepared i love it okay in 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 italics mic gain controls the sphere of influence around your mic think of it as a cloud around your mic the more you turn up the gain the bigger the cloud gets right and i say cloud because a cloud implies that the boundary that your mic hears isn't a thick wall right in other words your mic doesn't stop hearing your voice when you get a certain distance away from the mic right Your mic doesn't work Mm. like that. If you get two feet away, your mic still hears you, but it hears you quieter and more distant. Mm.
0: Um,
1: The volume Mm. and signal response is a gradient. It's not a thick wall, right? So it's not really a bubble that you should think about around your mic. It's a cloud. And clouds sort of get more dissipated as they um, get further away from the center of the cloud. Same with a microphone, right? Your signal... And the way that the mic hears a source gets different the further away you get from it. And if okay. you turn up the gain, that cloud gets bigger.
0: Okay. Makes so, sense? for example, if I cranked the gain on my microphone right now, a car going by would be, you get more information or sound waves back into the computer from a car going by than you would if the gain was really low, right? Because the cloud is bigger. And the gradient extends a little farther, right?
1: Yeah, that's exactly right.
0: Hmm.
1: And what's really frustrating for a lot of people is that different mics have different shapes, sizes, and gradients of this cloud. Whoa. Right? That's what's so annoying to everybody and to a bunch of different people. So we will talk about the way that different mics respond next week. So next week we're doing... A whole episode on mics. We're gonna like plug it, plug in a bunch of mics, and I'm gonna talk into each one of them and get further away, and it's gonna be great.
0: Um, Wait, that's perfect.
1: I know, right? What good plan? You planned it
0: out two weeks in. I'm so (laughs) impressed.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's gonna be great, dog. But for now, for (laughs) you, dog, For... for everybody who knows a little bit about mics, right now what I'm talking into is a Neumann TLM 103 and it's pretty much your standard run of the mill condenser microphone. So the, you know, the gain staging is going to matter a lot. Um, but it's not going to matter specifically as like a dynamic microphone, but more on that next week. All right. So really now we should talk about how to gain stage we should sort of do a quick tutorial about how to do that. So some easy talking points here. If there's one source in a room, this is your protocol. And by one source, I mean one thing making noise with one mic or two mics in a stereo pattern, right? Mm. So if you're recording like a piano and you want it to be stereo piano, you would set up two mics One pointed at the high end of the piano One pointed at the low end And you'd have a beautiful stereo image But I I still sort of consider that one source Because you would usually gain stage Those two mics the same way So I see But honestly I think for most of us We're mostly recording vocals So This is sort of like A one source Fits all (laughs) Protocol (laughs) Perfect So (laughs) If you are engineering uh, a performer with one source, let's say it's a singer, you would ask the singer to perform the loudest portion of whatever they want to record. So you'd say, hey, uh, give me your loudest part. And then when they start singing, you look at the, the output meter in your DAW, which is that little green line that moves up and down. That's your output meter. You want to set the gain... So that the peak meter doesn't go past two thirds loudness at the loudest point. Does that make sense?
0: What two thirds of what?
1: Two thirds of the way up.
0: Okay, so there's the the little green bar has like it turns red at the very top, right? Yeah, that's bad. So two thirds of the way, that's like sometimes there's a number like negative ten would be there or something.
1: Yeah, like, and I if I'm not mistaken. I think every DAW meters different. Ooh, um, spicy. I think that's true. I believe that Pro Tools has a different metering algorithm than like Logic or Ableton. I could be wrong about that. Um if you know more about this, email us at the tuneshed podcast@gmail.com. Did I get that right? The Shed podcast
0: Yep, that's it. It's the TuneShare podcast,
1: podcast at gmail.com. So that's
0: okay, so two thirds is a much easier way to do it anyway. You don't have to worry about numbers and you just look about two thirds up that bar and you're like, that's where you want to be. I think so. At the loudest part.
1: At the loudest part. Yeah, and that's that's sort of a, a good rule of thumb if you don't want to clip your signal, right? Um the
0: clipping being going it goes into the red and you you start to like, what happens when you clip? Do you you lose signal somehow?
1: Yeah, yeah, you kind of do lose signal. That's a good way to think about it. Basically, your mic is giving you a bigger amplitude signal than your internal processing can handle, right? And so hmm. there's sort of a loudness cap in digital um, and in analog, but in, in digital wave transformation, it's at zero uh-huh. decibels. So if your mic is giving, your mic plus your preamp is giving the, internal system more than zero decibels then what happens is the system just converts everything above zero decibels to zero decibels
0: Mm. right and so you get analogy you
1: basically get a square wave Is what you get and then
0: you get distortion interesting because i was actually going to bring up i feel like some artists um in the easy example is like in metal don't even mind that clipped off sound. And I'm sure some of them absolutely mind it in metal and want to actually put a distortion effect on that makes a square wave or, or whatever sound they want. But I know sometimes clip signals are actually sort of used as their own effect, which is crazy. And I feel like I would never do it. But <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know if it's like bad for your hardware, too. Um, oh,
1: no, that's not bad for your hardware at all. In fact, oh. I have um clipping your signal on purpose as an exception to this rule which is what we were ah. yeah we were we were going to talk about it right now. You know what? Let's actually just get a bass guitar and clip the signal on purpose. Hold on.
0: Yeah. While you grab that Marty, I was going to say and I don't even know if you can still hear me, but I, can, I feel yeah. like a good a good analogy for um setting the gain too high is like like making a burger that's too tall for your mouth and your mouth is the microphone and like you can't you can't get all the different layers of the burger into your mouth in one bite like you're gonna miss something (laughs) because it's too (laughs) and i know it's not a perfect analogy but it's goofy so
1: (laughs) i yeah i like that
0: all right, so I'm going to sniff my white birch candle while you play this nice example for us.
1: Well, okay, so I have a base and I just I just plugged it in real quick. Love it. I have the gain set. The the meter is peaking around 80%. So really okay. like if I were gaining it, if I were gain staging it correctly, I would want to set it around here. Okay. But if I wanted to clip it on purpose it actually gives it a sort of dope sound so let me just turn up the gain like way past where it should be
0: it sounds like every song in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World <laughs>
1: right <laughs> <laughs> Now keep in mind there there are other ways to get distorted signals, right? There yeah. are ways to do it after gain staging, um, but uh-huh. if you know that you're gonna want to get that crazy distorted whatever I don't care signal, then yeah, turn up the gain too hot for sure.
0: Wow! Why not? I love it.
1: I love. I mean, I love that effect. I think it's really cool. Yeah, it sounds
0: it sounds cool. It sounds punk. It really. Whoa. Yeah, hell
1: yeah. I mean, there are other ways to use that too. Like a lot of, a really common thing that a lot of engineers do is they purposefully set the gain on their overhead drum mics a little bit too high so that it's soft clips. Meaning like when the drummer plays a little louder, the drum Uh set sort of like distorts a little bit
0: wow which is so that just adds a little bit of intensity at the highest moments of the song doesn't it
1: yes exactly especially (sighs) if you use the right preamps Um, oh my gosh
0: god it can yes (laughs)
1: it can be just a a beautiful effect
0: i think i've done that i was actually going to put out a little warning because you know in high school i played drums in some bands did some gigs and sometimes it was live sound but sometimes we're getting recorded too and you know they do the thing okay test your snare drum play as loud as you're gonna play you know and of course i'm sitting there kind of calm just hitting the snare drum they're like is that as loud as you're gonna go because they see me i'm just like an angsty teen like they're like no really hit it as hard because i need to set the level and i'm like okay and then of course once the song gets going i just start playing way louder and i can just like (laughs) see the engineers shaking their head and turning it down (laughs) it's like you gotta know when it's a little angsty teen that just like put everything low
1: <laughs> it's so true and you gotta know when it's a rapper who's gonna get way more into it when the beat starts <laughs> yeah yeah
0: which is super interesting i feel like it's super interesting as a you know obviously you have a lot of experiences as a studio engineer like you kind of got to read the room to make the track right
1: <laughs> yeah that's that's super true you know and working with artists um you sort of come to expect some sort of behavior from certain kinds Mm. of performers, right? Like singers of ballads do this thing where they they spend two or three verses really quiet and then they'll randomly get super duper loud. And so it's really tough to gain stage for that, right? Because if they're singing quietly, you're going to want to turn the gain up a little bit. But then when they sing super Mm -hmm. loud, you're going to want to turn the gain down and that's going to change the sound. So yeah it's 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 a tough problem so when that happens you want to tell your artist or yourself to just back off the mic a little bit when they get loud so that you can mitigate some of the um the sound differences Mm. right so telling them to back up just for a sec whenever they get loud is a really good quick fix
0: and actually that's something you'll notice actually i think i first learned of microphone technique as a concept from you but you'll I've noticed it you know you watch a video of any famous singer and what do they do when they hit the, the the highest note which sometimes is louder or just the biggest note in the phrase they back away from the mic they turn their head away and it's like it's an expressive thing yes but there's a lot of like setting the distance from your mouth to the mic which helps keep that level right
1: oh yeah there's and a ton
0: obviously you know way more than about that than I do being. You know such a good singer Uh, yeah yeah, like do you have to practice that yeah you're right
1: and like you kind of get a feel for it just be just from listening to your own voice in your monitors for so long oh you know you really do get a sense of like because that's sort of what a compressor is supposed to do right it's a compressor is supposed to make your quieter parts a little louder and your louder parts a little quieter Mm -hmm. so that you Mm -hmm. sort of appear the same volume throughout and You're sort of self-compressing if you back away from the mic a little bit. Um, Because really, a compressor can only do so much, and yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's interesting. I mean, I always think of actually a compressor like a little gnome behind the studio, like knowing exactly what you're going to do and like riding the fader and just like turning the, the gain like up and down, or I guess it'd be the volume up and down right you know
1: that is sort of what a compressor does (laughs) a little bit it really is like auto (laughs) riding okay
0: scratch out that little uh the episode about compression that we're going to do because i think that covers it you just solved it
1: (laughs) yeah you just fixed it (laughs) the the other exception to the rule that at least i can think of right now is if you Mm -hmm. are purposefully trying to capture a quote-unquote, thin sound or a less full sound, um, Mm. turn the gain down a little more. Like, if you want to capture like a roomier percussion sound for whatever reason and then compress the heck out of it to make it sound weird, you would play with that in the gain stage. Like, that's something you could play with for sure. Um, Mm. And again, more on that in a sec because I feel like it's more useful to compare examples of yeah gain staging and then just have you guys hear the differences so
0: I was gonna say I have no clue what that would sound like like a roomier percussion that you compress like I can't imagine that (laughs) oh
1: yeah I mean it's it's super fun to play with but we should honestly record a few examples I think okay so before we do that I want to say, if we talked about more than one source, we'd quickly become an audio engineering or, like, studio rat podcast. There's a ton to talk about, like, a ton of background information required to make even a little bit of use of that information. So if you want us to talk about that, let us know. Again, email us at thetoonshedpodcast at gmail.com. We could honestly do a drum-miking episode. I feel like a lot of people would really love... know how to mic a drum set but again yeah we're more of a practical you know like at home production slash do your own music in your room type podcast and i know a lot of people don't have access to a drum set um but a lot of people do in their rooms so let us know if you want to do um if you want us to do like a drum making episode um yeah but for now i think i'm talking mostly one source at a time so this conversation gets a whole heck of a lot more complicated when we talk about recording more than one source at a time like a drum set or a horn section or a drum set and a piano at the same time. So for now we'll just stick with one source. So cool. let's talk about this cloud around your mic. <laughs> <laughs> let's play with the cloud. To the Daw! Here we go! Right. I'm opening Ableton. Here we go. So I think to start, I might want to record just a regular old thing with my voice and try and replicate it later. so I'm gonna try and record something normal. Are you getting double signal right now? do I am I louder?
0: Uh, I don't think so Wait, okay, maybe
1: am I louder right now and now'm and now I'm quieter yeah. right now and now I'm yeah. louder okay <laughs> yep. Okay, so I have a a little TalkBack channel that I'm using, so I'll mute the TalkBack channel when I'm recording examples. So here I go, I'm recording. This is my recording, Uh this is my voice. This is a gain stage example.
0: Okay. Wow, that was so normal, I'm very impressed.
1: Thank you, thank you for, (laughs) I have a hard time being normal. This is my recording, this is my voice this is a game stage example <laughs> okay it actually sure. is
0: it actually is quite i was making a joke of it but you know don't feel bad you're good at it
1: okay well that's good uh, because <laughs> i i want this to be an objective science experiment gee dang it okay now let's go Uh oh oh jeez. i think you're back i'm having i'm having trouble with all these buttons let's go to another track and record the same thing with higher gain so let me let me turn Ooh. up the gain let, let's like soft clip actually let's here we go so i'm soft clipping you can probably hear a little bit of my computer fan honestly um <laughs> what did i do last time this is my recording this is my voice this mm-hmm. is a gain stage example okay this is my recording this is my voice this is a gain stage example
0: okay wow, nice rhythm there thank really you good rhythm on the the stage example part i was like that's gonna be tricky he <laughs> kind of hesitated did i get close <laughs> yeah i think you were close <laughs> okay
1: right. okay so obviously we're stuff. clipping this signal that we had um mm-hmm. Here's the signal we just recorded. This is my recording this is my voice. This is a gain stage example you can especially hear it on gain stage gain stage you hear that buzzing that's yeah that's um that's clipping that's what the track is. if you zoom in on the waveform it looks like a square wave because the input signal is too loud for the program to handle so oh. you would think. I mean, this is kind of a cheap example because we're literally clipping the signal and changing the waveform, but let's, for sake of argument, turn this down so that the output gain is the same between the two examples, right? So I'm going to turn the clipped signal down so that it matches the amplitude of the other one. So here's the first one. This is my recording. This is my voice. This is a gain stage example. Here's the This is my recording. This is my voice. This is a gain stage example. So you hear the difference. Okay.
0: Yeah, so now they're the same volume. Yep. But because the gain I guess you say it in the past tense now it was different at the time of recording, it's created that effect on the second one.
1: Right. Yeah, the the clipping carries over because what i'm doing is i'm just making the square wave distortion smaller and even the parts that don't get clipped sound different right i mean i'm, I'm adjusting yeah, me the output too. volume to be the same but because the input volume was different they sound different here here it is again one more time here's the first one this is my recording this is my voice This is a gain stage example. And here's the second one. This is my recording. This is my voice. This is a gain stage example. Right? So even the parts that aren't clipping sound more mid-rangey and muddy? ah, Like forced? I don't know.
0: It'd be cool to see the EQ, like a graphic EQ for both of them.
1: I mean, yeah, um, it would.
0: Like overlapped. I guess you can do that, but we can't really show that, can we?
1: (laughs) No. Like, sometimes I honestly wish that we were a visual podcast so we could, like, show things like that. But, I mean, maybe in the future. But for now, go and try it yourself and see what's different. See what's different. I wonder if you could even tell. But really, like, the character of the sound is so different.
0: It would be cool to have, like, a done song or a partially done song, and re-record either an instrument or a voice, um, you know, soft clipping or full clipping, like in a, an already done mix, like everything's you know sounds a certain way, and then sort of listen to both versions. Because I, I assume when it fits into a mix and you're picking out that instrument, then the, the character of it would really shine through, and you'd say, oh, you know, in this one it sounds like more grainy or it just doesn't fit in the mix in the right way or yeah. maybe it's like oh i love how it's distorting and creates a totally different vibe
1: oh absolutely that like a, a band that i can think of that purposefully soft clips a lot of their signals is modest mouse really oh tons of oh i totally clipping. i've totally heard that mm-hmm. yeah they ha- they have this sort of like always in your face sound even though a lot of their yeah. songs aren't really that like they're not like punk songs, right? They're not performed at crazy volumes. like, But they just have this sort of like gritty, always in your face, always forceful sound to them. Huh. And I think that's because whoever's engineering them either gain stage them so that they were stop clipping a little bit or gain stage them just a little hotter than they should
0: have been, you know? Interesting. That's So I idea. have a question now too. Yeah. Because... Okay, so some I you know going way back into the modest Mouse archives, some of the early stuff had like a lot of uh like telephone call recordings between the band members mm. and they were like saying saying stuff to each other like ideas for songs and stuff, and I don't know if telephone like if message machines clip or how the game set up is if there's an equivalent there, but I feel like when it jumped into songs after that, that had a little bit more of that distorted, gritty quality on a guitar, maybe they were soft-clipping and I didn't even realize it, it sort of, like, fits with those recordings in the in the sense of the whole album. Like, the style is there. Whereas maybe if it was, like, a super clean mix, like, um, like I don't know, Incubus usually has, like, a really clean mix, or, like, Snarky Puppy, you know? If yeah. it was something like that engineered on Modest Mouse, it might feel a little jarring to go back and forth between, like, you know messages on a phone to this like super crisp production right yeah
1: i guess you're right i don't actually know how phones do audio i i know as much as phones definitely cut out a ton of low end and a ton of high end like phones only Uh, replicate like a really small limited frequency range but i'm not sure how phones do distortion or like leveling hmm. because i know phones have internal compression but oh really yeah yeah like i don't but i don't know how it works I, i'm not sure that's cool that we should look into we that
0: check that out yeah because <laughs> like going back to our old like hold music is terrible comment like no wonder furley sounds terrible when you roll off the entire top end, the entire bottom end <laughs> and then <laughs> it's <Yeah>. compressed weird <laughs> oh and, my god you know?
1: now that i'm thinking about it like i'm sure there's compression now that i'm thinking about the last time i heard furley's like in a hold line it just sounded like
0: like it was horrible (laughs) yeah it sounds this sounds like it ends up okay it's not like the exact same as distortion but if you had a bunch of effects and you were saying okay put them into piles like which effect sounds sort of like other ones i'd put phones and distortion in the same corner
1: yeah i so would i you know maybe it's bit crushing maybe that's the idea yeah, it's gritty in a way. Bit crushing is a form of distortion. Ooh, how Ooh. does bit crushing work? Oh god, bit crushing. God, we should we shouldn't even get into it.
0: <laughs> okay, bit all crushing right. is all awesome. right. Back to the
1: back. Okay. <laughs> Jeez, cool back back to the episode. Okay, so now I think what we should do is we should record a signal at really low volume, and then turn mm-hmm. it up to match the other two examples. That's what I think we should do. So let me quickly refresh myself on what I said. This is my recording. This is my voice. This is a gain stage example. Okay, for sure. So now I'm gonna turn the gain way down. Blah, 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 yes, I am quiet now. Ooh, okay, let me get even quieter. This is my recording. This is my voice. This is a gain stage example. This is my recording. This is my voice. This is a gain stage example. Okay. <laughs> I'm back. Oh, my gosh. I'm, uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> okay, I'm back. That was, the, <laughs> <laughs> that was the accidental double signal. I okay, love it. Let's Speaking lis- of clipping. Yeah, geez. Okay, let's listen to the original and then the quiet version without volume, me- without messing around with the volume. This is my recording, this is my voice, this is a gain stage example. Because that was the original, now here's the quiet one. This is my recording, this is my voice, this is a gain stage example. Okay, now let's turn up the quiet one so that it matches the output amplitude of the other one. All right. Okay, Peeking at the same exact volume. Okay, so here's the original again. This is my recording. This is my voice. This is a gain stage example. Here's the quiet one turned up. This is my recording. This is my voice. This is a gain stage example. Okay, not too different, right? Hmm, yeah, not bad. Pretty similar. Listen to it again though. This is my recording. This is my voice. This is my recording. This is my voice. So I just played both of them next to each other. One more time here's the first one and then I'll play the second one right afterward. this is my recording this is my voice this is my recording this is my voice okay those are the exact same peak amplitude huh. they, they both peak at negative seven
0: so did you find it f- interesting I feel like the second one is crisper
1: hmm
0: I don't know it's More gentle, I feel like I can feel your... Or maybe it's just because you had a breath slightly different. Although, again, kudos. They sound like exactly the same. I can't believe you said the exact same rhythm and pitch and all that. It's very (laughs) impressive. But I feel like I I felt like a little bit of a breath too, but I wasn't sure if maybe the other one didn't pick up on that. I don't know. Yeah. It just feels a little crisper to me and like gentler in a way.
1: I think it is gentler. I like gentler. To me, it sounds... um... Like, it sounds like the high end isn't quite as bitey. It sounds like mm. um, it's not quite as in your face. Yeah. Right? It's it's pretty subtle.
0: Um, That makes sense. I mean, if you think about Modest Mouse and, you know, soft clipping or clipping and that effect is in your face or gritty. Like, what is the opposite of that? Well, obviously not in your face, but also gentle and sort of you know it makes sense that those things are on a scale together and the scale happens to be gain
1: right yeah exactly so i mean a quiet gain stage will sort of get you that slightly thinner slightly rolled off character slightly mellower and that Mm. can be useful for gain staging like if you're ever you know if you have a singer that's really bitey and they're trying to record something soft and acoustic you know how to make them sound a little mellower while just with gain stage without any effects. You know what I mean? Okay. The thing about that mellow character with gain stage and like particularly low gain stage at that is that the idea is accentuated the further away from the mic you get. And it's because you start, that when you get further away from the mic and you turn the mic gain down, you start to place yourself at the edges of that cloud right Mm. and that's that's interesting being far away from the mic can obviously make for really interesting results but i mean let me just do it right now this is me a little bit further away from the mic what do you notice (laughs) what do you notice right away
0: i mean a little quieter
1: yeah obviously a little quieter um but there there are character things that happen too.
0: So, I think
1: what I want right. to do is let's record me at the same gain stage as last time just further away from the mic. Right? So, okay. I'm back at the gain stage of the original example. I'm going to record another one a little bit further away. Oops. I didn't I didn't have anything armed. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is my recording. This is my voice. This is a gain stage example. Okay. This is my recording. So quieter, but now let's turn the signal up to match the amplitude of the other one. And let's play them both side by side again. So here, so here's the original. This is my recording. This is my voice this is a gain stage example here's the one this is my recording this is my voice this is a gain stage example
0: okay okay so roomier roomier
1: definitely roomier
0: i know what you mean now it's like there's almost reverb like i can almost feel the space that you're in a little bit
1: yeah right there's this sound where i mean really what's happening effectively is there's Really, not as much high end. The high end rolls off almost all the way. Um, that's because high frequencies don't travel as far, but also the low end isn't there as much either. Right, so you get this. Okay. You get like high and low roll off by being a little further away. And I was, I was really only a foot away from my mic. Like I was, I was only, yeah, maybe a foot and a half away from my mic. I I usually put my mouth like f- like six inches away. So that's just like an extra huh. foot. But what happens if I do the same gain stage and get five feet away, right? Ooh. So let's try that. This is my recording. This is my voice. This is a gain stage example. My God, I, I, still, I haven't realized we... I just realized we haven't talked about noise floor yet. This might be a really great um, opportunity to talk about noise floor. So I don't know what that is. Well, we'll we'll talk about it. So let's blow this signal up. And let's mute the example that we had before, where I was about a foot and a half away from the mic. Let's blow this signal up so that it matches the amplitude of the other one. Play the original. This is my recording, this is my voice. This is a gain stage example. Here's the five foot one. This is my recording, this is my voice. This is a gain stage example.
0: Okay. So really Wow.
1: Really roomy.
0: Okay, that is night and day. And now now I can sort of see how the other one fits in. Okay, so I guess I'm sorry, I'm conceptualizing this and trying to put it together. Um, in in a way to think about it. So, tell me if this is right. So, every audio signal has a bunch of information and in frequencies. So, there's really high pitch things in my voice, and there's really low pitch things in my voice, and everything in between. Um, and when you record into a mic, there's a and the gain is set at a certain level. You're essentially collecting a certain amount of that information. So, a lower gain. Like you said, it rolls off the high and the lows. You start to lose out on that stuff. Um, And a higher gain, you actually pick up all that stuff. So I'm thinking, like, okay, if I'm recording an acoustic guitar that just needs to be, like, a background thing in a mix, I might actually want something that sort of rolls off the high and low end because it might fit into the mix better. Is that an okay assumption?
1: Yes! You've done it! You have figured it out! That is exa- My hands that's, are in the
0: air. Oh, that's exactly it. That's
1: perfect. No, that's a perfect assessment of the way you should be thinking about Gain. Like, Gain doesn't have a right answer. It has a range of permissible options. And mm-hmm. within those permissible options, you can choose which kind of character you're looking for. Right? Like, Gain really does change the character ever so slightly of your input signal it really does
0: mm. and i love it okay so then i'm sorry i
1: mean what you said about recording a background mellow acoustic guitar yes 100 percent. if you're trying to get a really poppy snare drum yeah you're gonna want to ride the gain a little hotter maybe even place the mic a little closer and turn the gain down oh. so that it catches more of that like high brilliant thing You know, so there's this dance you play with how far a mic is away from the source and your gain to get certain characters. And as always, play with it. You know, play with distances, play with gain stages, like look up what other engineers have done before. You know, play with it yourself. Compare stuff.
0: Okay, so two burning questions. Yeah. One is I didn't know what saturation was until a few episodes ago. And just as a reminder, and if I have this right, saturation is bringing in artificial frequencies. So, like, if you recorded gain that only kind of grabbed, or sorry, low gain, you're only kind of grabbing the mid-range. You're not really getting those highs and lows. If you added saturation, you could sort of fake that and bring that back in. Is that right?
1: That's right. But you
0: you couldn't replicate it and make it
1: indistinguishable from a source that had those high frequencies in there
0: already okay so it's a little bit different beast Mm -hmm. but that does that so because you sort of like you know i'm sorry it's a little off topic but the, the same kind of thing like you're recording a guitar okay you record it let's just say you gain stage it totally normal um but then you're like oh i actually want this to be a really lead part you could saturate it a little bit to get that effect but you can't really do the reverse. You can't. I mean, I guess you could EQ it and roll off the highs and lows if you wanted it to sit in the mix better too, right? Like you can do this a little bit digitally, but it's not quite apples to apples.
1: That's right. Yeah, I think in your specific example, yeah, it's, it's much easier to sort of start with a signal that's gain stage properly and then make it huge and blow it up with saturation. I, I feel like it's much easier to do that than have a signal that's soft clipping and like make it more mellow i feel like that would be much much more difficult
0: i see um so yeah you're definitely Makes right sense. about it's that. it's like it's downstream processing right like you can't you can only do so much to the original sound like the trick to any good mix is having good original recordings right
1: yeah 100 percent. and that's why when you go to a recording studio the engineer if you don't have like a long-standing working relationship with them they will likely just gain stage you 100% normal default like no strange clipping things, like no artsy stuff. They'll probably gain stage you normal and let you blow it up later or whoever your mixing engineer is.
0: Got it. So that's Yeah,
1: that's sort of why they behave that way.
0: Because it would be a nightmare if they gain stage it hot and then you came back and were like, I hate this mix. I want that to be more subtle. Yeah. They can't do anything. It's oh too yeah. Right, right. Can, <laughs> Can you imagine? Record? Yeah.
1: An, an artist is like, Hey, I didn't want that soft clipped. What am I going to do now?
0: <laughs> oh no. Yeah. Okay. Th- that makes sense. So that's, that's why the digital tools are so beautiful. And then my other question was, um, real quick. So gain staging normal is about two thirds of the green lights are filled at top volume. What is gain staging, um, light?
1: What it. Wait what?
0: Like halfway? Sorry, oh, oh. does that make any sense? <laughs> you
1: know, gain, sta- gain staging. Oh yeah, I get it. I get what you're trying to say. Gain like what is like gain staging a little lighter?
0: Yeah. How high should the green bar go? Of you know gain.
1: It can. <laughs> so gain staging like pretty light. If your signal is pretty even, it can go all the way down to like three tenths, four. Whoa. Uh, 4, That's four tenths? 2 fifths? Pretty low. Like, you can go pretty low. I mean, it sort of depends on everything. Again, like your noise floor. By the way, we should talk about noise floor real quick. So, oh yeah, tell us the about other thing floor. about this example, the one that I recorded 5 feet back and then turned up, by the way, I turned it up uh-huh. 20 decibels to get it to match the other one. So this is 20 decibels oh. of gain. Um, the other one, listen to the background. <laughs> This is my recording. This is my voice. This is a gain stage example.
0: You hear all that like white noise? Yeah, and I does this have to do with why the room it's roomy too? Like why how does a quieter gain pick up a room better? Well, so the all well, yeah.
1: So all of the noise that you hear in that clip, some of it's coming from my computer. Um but just the reality of life is that there is there is just white noise everywhere. There's room tone. Um, there's ambient sounds everywhere from the wind outside to the air conditioning in your, you know, your unit to the fridge. Everything has white noise and it lies at a certain noise level, usually around anywhere from negative 100 to negative 60 decibels. And... Oh, so it's low. Yeah, it's really low. Um... And when my computer is right next to my mic, obviously that noise floor is is a little higher. The thing about recording at low volume and then turning that volume up post-gain is you increase the the amplitude of the input signal, right? But you also increase the amplitude of the noise floor the same amount. So that's why you get a noisier signal. That's why you get a roomier signal, because you are increasing the amplitude of all of the background reverberations, all of the random other white noise in the room, the same amount. And that's different than input volume. That's different than gain, right? Gain is, is uh, logarithmic. It does not increase the amplitude of certain sounds the same amount as other sounds. So that's, that's the danger. See, that's why I think a good answer to your question is it depends because you could have a room that's really, really dry with almost no white noise at all and record at really low volume and turn the output gain up a lot, or sorry, the output volume up a lot and not have
0: a problem. Okay. Yeah, this is leading me. I want to do all these experiments now, like doing that but then I also want to try EQing and taking all those lows out and see what that sounds like. So that's only like higher sounds around me that are being turned up too, right? Right. Um, or I wonder what it'd sound like too. And I don't have access to this type of studio, but one of those rooms you can like hear your heartbeat. Imagine singing with really low gain in that type of room and then turning it up. Like How soft and tender and gentle would that actually feel? If that was the loudest signal, and there was literally no other noise around, oh my God it would kind of that'd be a cool effect, wouldn't it? That would be cool,
1: oh, I would kill the dude. we should do a whole episode on John Cage's room that he made' Cause I think he oh, made a room. I think John Cage was the first person to make a room that you couldn't hear anything in it besides your own heartbeat. I feel like he was the first one to try that. I could be Whoa. wrong
0: i. I realized I just dropped that like everybody knows that fact, <laughs> but definitely somebody just told me that and it blew my mind and then I forgot. But so true. it's like these crazy rooms where there's spike pads of all different sides coming out of the walls and those eat up like every uh, different type of sound waves, so, like all the lows and highs and everything. So literally there's no sound in the room. Is that a good description of how it works? Yeah, it's a great description. Yeah, the whole idea is like, you are constantly surrounded by sounds.
1: There you do not live a second of your life without some sort of audio coming into your ears. Even when it's quote unquote silence, there's always some sort of noise always. So That's a good point. Yeah, John Cage wanted to make a room or you know whoever did it first wanted to make a room where there it, it was scientifically designed not to let any sound in and not to let any sound out
0: so crazy i would love to go in it is it in a museum or something i don't know in a museum
1: i don't know if it's in a museum but someone told me that people who tried to go in this room like quickly went really crazy
0: (laughs) i want to go crazy (laughs) (laughs) it's like a sensory deprivation chamber i want to try one of those too where you like float in salt water that's your body temperature oh i I like
1: tried one of those you have how cool is it it's cool it's really cool it's cooler than you would think. Like it sounds kind Dang. of it sounds kind of hippy dippy like you know, like, ooh, spiritualism.
0: But does your brain just go crazy because all of a sudden it has nothing to like pay attention to?
1: <laughs> At first it definitely does. Especially because like I'm just a constantly distracted person because I own a smartphone.
0: <laughs> you and me both. Yeah.
1: Yeah, where I'm just like constantly entertained and from the minute I wake up to the minute I go to bed. So at first being in that tank sort of makes you it makes you go like a little bit haywire but yeah yeah then yeah it's it's a nice little like attention reset it's pretty nice huh i i recommend it
0: so actually i just had another thought too about how our senses work <laughs> um you know how when you sm- like Okay, I just had this thought about my cat the other day. My cat is really good at smelling. And sorry, this is a bit of a tangent, but I'll, it'll come back together, trust me. Um, <laughs> my cat's so good at smelling, he can, like, pick up fish and just, he'll just start sniffing and then he'll, all of a sudden he'll, like, slowly find his way to the fish, right? Mm-hmm. But then, like, if I stick the fish right in front of his nose, like, I thought, wouldn't that totally overwhelm his brain? It's just, like, so much signal all at once. And then I realized about my own smelling ability, like... Actually, it's the first smell of coffee in the morning that I smell the most. And then I normalize to it pretty quickly and it kind of just goes away. It's like I'm like, and actually this is true with seeing too. Like I can sense movement in a a forest or something or just like in a room way better than other types of things. Like I'm trained to see changes and I'm trained to smell changes. And I think kind of true with audio too. Like I don't hear my refrigerator buzzing, but then I realize if I recorded right next to my refrigerator and then with low gain and turned it up, I would definitely notice it. And I wonder what that threshold is where your brain's just like, oh, I can ignore that. And where, like, is there an area where, like, or a volume where that happens? Or is it just, how do do we do that?
1: Wait, that was a really good way of explaining that.
0: (laughs) Thanks. That was a really (laughs) great way of explaining that. What the heck? (laughs) Well, it's crazy how we can ignore things. And it's, I mean, it's true with, like, all of our senses. And I'm even thinking about, like, you know, listening to music now, too. Like, we're really good at ignoring things and focusing on what's Im- what's important, quote, unquote, you know?
1: Oh, that's true. My God, maybe we should do an episode on, like, what is perceptible. Perceptible? Is that a word? Perceptible. <laughs> is perceptible... Well, there is the fact, too, there's something...
0: Like the ear hears different frequencies more than others. And like when you're mixing, you have to adjust for that to some extent, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. That's the um, munson Fletcher curve. Fletcher curve, Munson-Flesher huh. curve. The Fletcher-Munson curve, yeah. The ear hears um, different frequencies louder at the same volume as other frequencies. Um, typically oh my God, low frequencies. God, makes everything so complicated. Yeah, yeah, it does. I mean, really, if everyone hears it more or less the same that it doesn't matter for music but it is interesting uh-huh. that like low frequencies are actually playing at us a, at us a, um lesser amplitude than higher frequencies but our ear perceives them as louder wow generally that's very general so weird i know <laughs> it is weird it is really weird
0: like that's the thing you start getting into this stuff and there's so many different levels to it like there's the ear, there's the gain, there's the volume, you know, there's all these areas where you can adjust it. Um, I really think the best way to think of it is sort of like a top down process where it's like a sound is made and then the microphone hears it and then it's processed by the computer and then, you know, it's sent out to a file, which then you play through speakers back into your <laughs> ear, which then processes <laughs> it a certain way, you know? I
1: know. Yeah, <laughs> we're just we're just handing off audio signals. <laughs> To the, to the yeah. next device, constantly. Yeah, <laughs> <It's>, for sure. <laughs> it's so true. Huh. Well, that's that's pretty much all I had on game staging.
0: Well, thanks, man. That's really helpful because I've always known that you're not supposed to clip, but that's all I've known. <laughs> so it's good to know that you can do this artistically, and I feel like recording in my room or you know just by myself, I'm usually doing one source at a time because... I'm not like a crazy musician who can do more than one source at a time. Um, and yeah, this is a great sort of starter pack for making some fun effects and playing with stuff. Um, and maybe one day we'll go find that John Cage room. We should do that. That'd be fun.
1: We should. <laughs> Honestly, we should do a whole episode about John Cage and how insane he was. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's he's a cool guy.
0: Yeah. There's so much good stuff. Yeah, we should. Okay, well, I'm going to write that down. Um, but to all the people out there, uh, you've probably heard, um, I think it was our episode five. Uh, stuck to you. It's a song breakdown. What we want to do is check out some song breakdowns from our, our fans or anybody who listens or just hear some music from you. So yeah, send us an email, Toshed podcast, sorry, the podcast at gmail.com. And if you feel comfortable sharing something, just let us know if it's something that you'd want us to do a song breakdown on. Um, It could be unfinished, and we would love to, you know, give some ideas on it or just, you know, play around with it and have some fun with it. Um, And if you just want to share it with us just for us to listen to, we'd be happy to, you know, give you a little feedback on it or just say, dang, you make cool music. Because we just kind of want to hear what you're working on, honestly, and want to connect. So, yeah, feel free to do that. Um, Also, we're on Twitter. Check us out. Um, And, yeah, anything else to to leave with inspiration, Marty? Please send us your music. We need it. (laughs) We need to hear it. We need it. Please. (laughs) All right, peeps. Until next time, much love. Bye.